Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. No, you're gross. You know you're gross. I don't see, I don't. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's not what we do here on FC. That's what I do. <laughs> adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't yeah. even turn the light off in his car. Uh, Gremlins too. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, dads, gotta love him. What have I done? What have I done? Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm talking, I mean, you see at the top of my eye, you're like... <laughs> I was adjusting my mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm born ready. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Mm. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Look at you tossing Amazon music in there. Right. Like I didn't me. think I thought maybe I should try it. You know, you can't be the only one. I'll, I'll take a dip in that water. Episode number 99. Woo. Gosh, I'll say my woos for episode 100. I'm going to have to have like the biggest woo of all time for episode. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we are actually doing a, well, I would say a listener suggestion, but I know that she doesn't listen to the show because, you know, we curse too much. And that is uh, today is as you're listening to this. Well, when this is released, it is March 24th, but it is also my daughter Penelope's 12th birthday. Happy birthday. So she wanted us to do Frankowini for a while and then when we found out that this season was going to go through her birthday and then this date was, you know, the release date, it felt, it felt like a good time to do it. So uh, I'm hoping that she's going to tell me why she wanted us to do this movie. <laughs> so uh, take it away, Penelope. My name is Penelope and um, I suggested that my dad and his friend do the movie Frank and Weenie for their podcast because I think it's a really good movie and I don't think it gets as much love as the other Tim Burton movies like Corpse Ride and Nightmare Before Christmas. 
All right, good stuff. I don't know what she said. It's going to be 10 weeks from now, but it, it sounds like it's all good. Yeah, sure, it's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get to the synopsis. Young Victor Frankenstein is a science nerd and an outsider at school, but he does have one good friend, his dog, Sparky. But then tragedy strikes, and Sparky shuffles off this mortal coil. Well, come on now. Really? I know, whoever, whoever wrote this is getting a little bit, uh, a little too uh, fancy here. Victor is heartbroken, but his science teacher gives him an idea of how to jolt old Sparky back to life. The experiment is successful and all goes well until Victor's fellow students steal his secret and use it to resurrect other dead animals with monstrous consequences. <gasps> yeah, no, exactly. Eh, yeah. I guess that's okay. It's all right. Got a little uh, synopsis writer got a little uh, ahead of themselves. But, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. All right, let's get to the facts. So, uh, so we did Frank and Weenie. It is the movie that makes Mike cry. Did you cry when you watched this? Oh yeah. How many times? Uh, two cries. One like I kind of welled up a little bit. Cry like you sobbed. Like you had to stop the movie to like to to sob. I did have to use my shirt to dry my eyes. Yes, dear lord, man. <laughs> it's an animated movie. It's still a dog. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So Frank and Weenie has a runtime of eighty-seven minutes. It's rated PG. Production budget of thirty-nine million dollars. It came out on. October 5th, 2012. That was a Friday. It opening weekend, it did 11 million. Domestic, 35. And then worldwide, 81. So it doubled its budget worldwide, which is uh, not half bad. Production company was Walt Disney Pictures and Tim Burton Productions and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, which is just basically, I should have just said Disney, but they have, they have to have a five well, word uh, thing there. Uh, so it came out, like I said, on the 5th of October. It went up against Taken 2. Uh, not really. I, I would think that that's not really a direct competitor. Frank and Winnie, obviously, mm, but not, I mean, not really. You have to think that even though Frank and Winnie is for kids, that it's still got a lot of that nightmare before well, Christmas. Tim Burton, good. But parents got to bring it. Yeah, so you're competing against what parents. Oh, that's true that's too. What I'm you also had Pitch Perfect, and then in the limited release, the movie Butter, VHS, and the Paperboy. Was it, Butter the one with the the girl that was rapping in like the English rapper girl? No, that okay. was Patty Cakes. Oh, okay. Yep, that, that's actually a pretty good movie. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I think I think she's not she's not English. She's Australian, I believe. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, she's. I actually like that movie. Uh, <laughs> Butter is the one with Jennifer. No, alias Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. Oh my God! <laughs> so that yeah, she plays. Uh, it's like a butter festival, and she's one of the contestants. They, oh, okay, they, I've they never seen. I think I know butter. What, yeah. yeah. It's not that bad. I've seen it. I I only one I haven't seen VHS, which is the horror movie, like the horror it's a collection anthology. of horror shorts. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen the Paperboy either. I just remember the poster of the Paperboy because it was supposed to be like Zach Efron and it was like this like <laughs> deep down south mystery or something, right? Yes. Yeah. You'd yeah. also you'd like VHS a lot. Would I? It's very it's very old school kind of eighties. All right, I'll check it out. That's good. Yeah. Uh the twelfth, which is the week after you had Argo, which I actually like. Here comes the boom with uh Kevin James. Did you ever see that one where he's an MMA fighter? Yeah. That's all right. Uh Sinister, Seven Psychopath, which you and you like Seven Psychopaths, right? No, I've never seen oh, Seven. Oh, really? I want to see Seven Psychopaths. Who's, who unless I, I did I see Seven Psychopaths? Oh, that's the one with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I do I do it's like you. Seven yeah, yeah, I never don't. Mind. I forgot, yeah. I was confusing that with the, uh, the one with Chris Pine, by the limo director. Oh, Stretch, the one we no, did. No, no, not the one. At, uh, when he did, when he did right before Star Trek, Pine did right before Star Trek. Uh, Thought it was Car- what's, Carnahan. What's the? Oh, Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces. Yeah, I, not, I get not confused, a Smoking yeah. Aces guy either. Uh, you also had Atlas Shrugged Two, The Strike, Ooh. and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. So that was a big weekend. 
Uh, the 28th of September, which is the week before, you had Hotel Transylvania, which is obviously Frank and Winnie's big. That is a direct. direct yeah. That, that is also weird that it's March and there's two Halloween. Eh, you know, Hotel movies. Transylvania is, I mean, they've already, they're going on to their fourth one now. They've already done three. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're doing a fourth one. So it's popular. Oh, no, it's popular. It's just yeah. strange the March, but the March release date might mean more of a Halloween. What are you talking about, March? Release? That's September. We're well, not March. We're I, in October here. Are we in October? October 5th. Why am I thinking it was March? I don't know because you don't pay attention. I wrote down the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right brother thanks for coming to the episode all right, uh, right. well I'll, do, I'll delete that or keep oh, it oh shocker shocker all right i'll keep You're it gonna in. delete a butler oh, mistake, i'll keep but it Bill in. makes right, a mistake it's it in. in there september 28th auto hotel transylvania also had <laughs> butler's favorite movie looper uh, <laughs> and the movie won't back down Butler does not like looper so this movie was directed by tim burton he uh he's also directed edward scissorhands corpse bride batman and batman returns uh it is actually based on an idea of his that they did as a short film which he directed called the same name frank and weenie this short film was done in 1984 i was written by leonard rips i uh, he does not have any other credits <laughs> unfortunately uh but this screenplay for the uh i guess remake or though i would say reboot because they've added stuff to it yeah it was was done by john august who did the movie go which we covered in season five uh big fish the nines which he directed and then charlie and the chocolate factory amongst other movies Cinematography by Peter Sorg, who's done Corpse Bride, Coraline, which is my other daughter's uh, Veronica. She cannot. She is deathly afraid of that movie. I can't even bring it up around her. A lot of people are really creeped out by the button, button eyes. eyes. She, she yeah. does not like the button eyes. Yeah, I, no. I never thought it was. Why, I was like, why right. we are now recording in my house and I have purposely lowered my voice because you do not want her to hear me say it because I know she's upstairs. Wow. I know she <laughs> she cannot. She cannot talk about that movie. Anyways, she uh, he also did Early Man. That just came out. That was uh, last year, the year before 2018. The. Early, it was a stop motion movie too. Remember Early Man? Remember all the posters oh, we yeah, had yeah, for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was two years ago now, right? I believe. Yeah. Uh, composer Danny Elfman. I'm a huge Danny Elfman guy. He's been nominated for four Oscars for Milk, Big Fish, Goodwill Hunting, and Men in Black. He's also done the, he does the Batman theme, and he did Night Before Christmas. He plays Jack Skeleton in the Night Before Christmas. For those out there, yep. Uh, edited by two people: Chris Labenzin, who was nominated for an Oscar for editing in Crimson Tide and Top Gun. He's also done Weird Science and Hudson Hawk. Or see one of our season one movies. I love it when a episode comes together. <laughs> <laughs> you also had Mark Solomon editing. He did Sherlock Gnomes, Sergeant Stubby, and The Tale of Despero. Produced by Allison Abate. I, I apologize if I said that name wrong. She's done The Iron Giant, which I don't, I can't believe The Iron Giant was never nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I, that kind of well, was me. before there was a best animated. Picture, was it? Was it 99? Was it before that? I think it okay, was before maybe, that. All right. Because obviously it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's also doing the upcoming Tom and Jerry, and she just did. She produced Scoob, and then obviously Tim Burton produced it. He produces all of his own movies, but I wanted to find one movie that maybe he didn't direct, and he produced Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So for those out there who are interested in that, he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas either. I know, but he is always associated with that. He you is know, kind of. I, like I was looking for a movie that you never the Gremlins yeah. of the yeah. or not Gremlins, the Poltergeist director. That's like almost right, right. No, uh, that's like the big misconception. Everyone thinks that Burton directed Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's actually Henry Selleck who also directed James and the Giant Peach, which yep. no one ever really talks about. And I like James and the Giant Peach. That might be forgotten because I don't think kids are ever shown it anymore. I always like that one. I don't know why. Maybe maybe I'm not remembering it right though. No, maybe. James and the Giant Peach is really good. Is it okay? Yeah. All right, so let's get to our cast. You had Catherine O'Hara as Mrs. Frankenstein, the weird girl, and the gym teacher. 
everyone probably now knows her from her role on Schitt's Creek, but she was also in Best in Show, Beetlejuice. She's the mother in Home Alone. She's in Wyatt Earp. She's in A Mighty Wind. She's in a lot of the Christopher Guest movies, which are really funny. If you're into improv movies with a bunch of funny people, I would check those out. Uh, Waiting for Guffman's another one. I don't know if she's in Waiting for Guffman, though. Um, she's also the voice of Sally in Nightmare for Christmas. There you go. So another stop motion uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, thing. absolutely. She's worked with Tim Burton before, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Martin Short uh, plays Mr. Frankenstein, Mr. Bergmeister. Is that right? And mm-hmm. Nassar or Nasser. He is from Inner Space. I know him from there, from Three Amigos, The Father of Bride One and Two. He's also obviously from SNL in the early '80s, I believe. Uh, you had Martin Landau as Mr. Rosgursky. Uh, Ruskowski, yeah, something like that. I just put the science teacher in all my notes. I was like, I'm not even trying. <laughs> uh, he is. Uh, he was. He won an Oscar for his uh, role in Ed Wood. He's also nominated for Crimes and Misdemeanors and Tucker, The Man in a Dream. He's also in the movie Ready to Rumble, which we also did in season five. And if I didn't mention this, Mike's going to mention it. I know he's going to. He's also in X Files: Fight the Future. That's right. That's right. You're waiting, weren't you? You're <laughs> was, sitting there waiting. I was like, if you don't say it, man. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Charlie Tahan as Victor. Uh, he plays in the TV show Ozark. He's also in the TV show Castle Rock. And he's in the movie Charlie St. Cloud. He plays Charlie St. Cloud's brother, I guess. I guess the one that does. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <gasps> Winona Ryder as Elsa Van Helsing. She's nominated for an Oscar for The Age of Innocence, Little Women. She's also in Heathers and Reality Bites. Uh, Atticus Schaefer as Edgar. Or Igor in this, or he's supposed to be Igor. Yeah. He's actually a voice on the TV show, Pete the Cat, and he's also in the movie, The Unborn. Uh, Robert Capron, or Capron as Bob. He's in Die Every Wimpy Kid and The Way Way Back. James Hiroyuki Liao is Toshiaki, right? Toshiaki? Yeah. yeah. Toshiaki. He's in Battle of Los Angeles, the TV show Unforgettable, and he's in a couple episodes of the TV show Barry. And then finally, you have Conchata Farrell. I think I said that right. I mm-hmm. apologize. She passed away, actually, this past year. She plays Bob's mom. She's in the TV show Two Enough Men. She's also in Aaron Brockovich and Network. Um, and we also, I, I usually like to, you know, Martin Lando, we lost four years ago, 2017. Yep. Which I remembered, but that still seems too soon in terms of, I thought it was longer, you know, like a while back. A while back, yeah. yeah. So this movie, Frank and Weenie, was actually nominated for Best Animated Feature in 2012. It did not win, Butler. Can you name the other four nominees? In 2012? Yeah. How about this? I'll give you the other nominees. You tell me what one. Okay. Okay, ready? Brave, Paranorman, The Pirates, and An Adventure with Scientists. That's the whole movie. Yep. And Wreck-It Ralph. What one? Brave. Right. Yeah. Because God forbid Pixar loses. Exactly. Although I like <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. I actually really like Pirates. I that was the really Pirates fun. in an Adventure with Scientists? Yeah. What have you ever seen? It's, no. I believe it's the one with the, by the, the people that did Wallace and Gromit. Oh, right. Okay. It's really funny. It, I really enjoyed but it. But it's not going to win. That's fine. I went to go see it in the theater. What Has, has like, Pixar ever this. lost? No, because when they released Good Dinosaur, they still released other stuff. Right. So has Pixar ever lost when they've entered a movie in the in the since they've had that? I want to say yes, but I don't think so, because there's been times when they haven't had one in there in terms of haven't had a nominee. Oh, yeah. If they have a if they have something in there, they They, probably usually win unless it's Cars. I don't think Cars Cars was ever nominated, was it? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. So um, where do you want to start? Oh, this is. (laughs) This is your daughter's movie. Well, that doesn't mean that I start. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me head over to the notes portion of my notes page. Well, I was, hey, let's, let's start with. Oh, okay. okay. Go ahead. Well, no, no. After you. After you. Well, I mentioned that was Best Anime Feature 2012. Right. This movie was originally set for release in November of 2011. And then was moved to March 9th, 2012, which is maybe why you had your mess up before. Okay. 
then it was moved again to October 5th, 2012. It got pushed out of March 9th because they replaced it with John Carter from Mars. Well, I think they just call it John Carter now, but they replaced right. it with that movie in March and they pushed it to October, which this is an October movie. I don't know why they were thinking for November when they first did it for 2011. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot this of sense. This is definitely an October movie. It's definitely a Halloween movie. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that didn't make any sense. So it got pushed to the right date. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess I would start with talk about the movie. I would talk about like the the most impressive part is the animation. Of always is with stop motion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I thought the animation was really really detailed, really well done. You know, I'm not a big fan of the Corpse Bride. I've watched it once, so I can't really speak about how advanced that the was Corpse from Bride, Nightmares. Was the Corpse Bride a musical? Did they sing a lot in that one? I don't think so. I think there is a song in it, but I don't know okay. if it is a musical. Right. Okay. Uh, but I can't remember like how much how much more advanced that was from nightmare, but this, you can tell there's a lot more going on in this every frame than there was in nightmare. Uh, the details still there, but the, the amount of like the first thing that really impressed me was when they're on the carpet and they're walking the carpet in, in Victor's house, you can see their footsteps in the carpet. Like the carpet's got pressure pushing down on it and every frame and every footstep they take those kind of small little details were super impressive to me. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just looking at the little little part, like carvings in their face from when people handmade them, the movement of their mouth, all that kind of stuff is really impressive to me. And I don't know if I ever, I, I know I would never have the patience to make a movie like that. Oh, I know. But that and movies like this always impress. Like this movie could be like I'm not a big fan of Coraline. <laughs> you don't have to whisper. <laughs> but, that's fine. Uh, I'm still impressed by the the use of animation in that film and a film like this. All that kind of I understand the work that goes into it. So I thought that was really, really impressive and well done. Well, we both watched the, I guess the making of it. It's like if there's, we watched this on Disney Plus and on Disney Plus, part of the extras, there's a 23 minute documentary talking about, it's one of the producers walking through and talking about what it takes to put the movie together. And, and they're showing the different departments right. and all that stuff. And one of the lines that they say in there, and I was talking about, there's 30 animators that are working animators, not I'm not talking about people making the models or people building. Yeah, there's the hundreds of those right. all the time. But the people that are responsible for animating the scenes, there's 30 of them. And it, their goal is to get to two minutes of film a week. Yep. Two seconds on a good day. That's get. ridiculous. Ridiculous. That 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 kind of fortitude. And and like even like when you like, OK, you leave on a Friday. I'll see you on Monday. How do you remember? Where How you do you remember? Off? Yeah. I know that they're sitting there with the cameras and they're watching, they're watching the playback and stuff like that. And to your point about how it looks, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas was 93. So this movie is 20 years from the work that they did. Oh, right. Yeah. So they probably improved a lot of that. I was fascinated by when they were making the dog and or any of the characters, they would make the frame. The skeleton. The skeleton. Right. But then she, the, the woman was in there building the frame out of like all the nuts and bolts and like so they could be pliable and movable and stuff like that. Every joint. They started at the feet, worked their way up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was impressed by that. That's that's that's. Uh, all the mouth movement. I was impressed. The eyelids have to move. Yeah. And in different scenes with all the different eyelids. And then they show the scripts and the script I was like, is, is frame by frame. And it's got the script, the words that the actors speak phonetically. Yeah. Yeah. The M O O. Yes. Yeah. So yes. everything. Oh, so frame number 95, they're going to say an M word. So I've got to push the face down and then, but also I got to remember this person is blinking. So I got to look at this person blinking, but then the person I wondered in the background. that too. I wondered that when the scene when they do scenes with multiple people, like in the gymnasium, yeah, yeah, I, I wondered if it's one person doing it or if it's 
one person controlling the the lead or maybe like two or three characters, like they split it up because I don't think I could sit there and remember what every single person was doing. You know what I mean? Like I'd have to have help. That's why it takes two. That's why you only get two seconds on a good day. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. 24 frames a second. That means you've done it. 48 shots. Ugh. The entire day, you only get 48 yeah, frame pictures, basically. It's impressive, but it's just, I don't know if I could do it. Well, that's just one of the guys talks about like, I don't, like everybody says it takes patience. I don't think it takes patience because I don't have patience, but it takes perseverance. You just yeah. have to know at the end of the the shoot that you're going to have something. It's almost like too, like this kind of job, this animation, it's irreplaceable. Like machines aren't going to replace that. You know what I mean? That level of intricacy and art- artistry that goes within those shots. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like building and making and putting everything together. Like that takes a person that takes, I don't know. I just, it's very, it's just very impressive. The, the, any kind of stop motion, like even like Paranorman is stop motion. I love Paranorman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any of the Wallace Grom movies, obviously those, the, the guys that do all those movies and trying to remember the last one. It might've been early man. No. What's the one with Hugh Jackman was it? That was early man. Early man. Yeah. yeah that's probably the last one. That, yep. that stop motion, yeah. The last one that yeah, that went out there, though. Chicken Run 2's coming out soon. Oh, yeah. So they are right. working on that. Yeah, that's right. Chicken Run, that was, that was from the 90s, too. I like Chicken Run a lot. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no. I get that. I'm just saying that's, that's you know, they don't do all that. Obviously, it's very difficult to keep doing Yeah, because it's not only the puppets, but then you, which you have hundreds of every character and they break and you have got to repair them. Oh, yeah. The repair studio the, had hundreds of people just working on the hospital. Yeah, yeah they call it a hospital. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. They, uh, so, they also, so we keep saying where they are. This was shot in East London at Three Mill Studio and filming began in July of 2010. So that makes sense. July of 2010, you start and you're set for release November 2011. So that's like a full year and a half. Yep. Uh, but I, still, that's got to be a tight. Well, I guess you're editing as you go. So it's not like you have to put it in post. You have to light it as you're doing. You have to light the scene like it's a regular shot. Yeah, I wonder. And- so like you have you have 30 animators, so you have 30 separate stations shooting 30 different things. Yeah. So the cinematographer's walking around going, okay, we're going to light this. We're going to put the lights here. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. way. There's there's no way Tim Burton was there. You know, he. I oh, think no, he was time. there approving no, no. things. Yeah. But I think the animation director was basically the director of this film. Right. Well, and then Tim would get the shots and kind of he storyboarded it. Well, that's what Wes Anderson would do with uh, Isle of Dogs and stuff. Isle of Dogs and the other one, Fantastic Mr. Fox. He wasn't always there, but they were sending him stuff and he would just approve it. Yeah, okay, do that. Right. Yeah, so. I mean, you really want to leave this in the hands of the experts. But yeah, it's pretty awesome seeing the different sets all like laid out and seeing everybody working in tandem. So, you know, you get your scene done, you can edit that one scene and they really are beholden to the storyboards as well. Oh, of course, you have to. So you you match, yeah, you can't go off on the rails. And you're recording the audio first. So they can try to match right. the voice and see if they can find some action within the characters. Right. So you have to have that script set and you, and I mean, I guess if they wanted to add dialogue here and there, but can you imagine if we wanted to add a scene, how long that would take? Oh, they'd have to go back into yeah. the studio and everything. Right. Plus how many of those puppets survive and stuff like that. Well, remember when the studio that did Wallace and Gromit burned down and they lost all that stuff? Oh, that was horrible. Yep. That was horrible. So New Holland, which is where this place is, actually was once the name of Australia. Did you know that? Some, some geography. I did here. actually not know that. So in the mid 1600s to 1800s, it was named by the Dutch explorer Abel Tasman, who named it New Holland when he. Hmm. But then obviously, you know, they they changed the name. But the Aussie island of Tasmania is named after Mr. Abel. So I was going to say that sounds like Tasmania. So there you go. Just little uh, 
little little history for you there. I like that. I, like I, got, that. I got another little history. All right, go, go, go ahead. The experiment on the frog in the movie. Yes. It was a real experiment that was performed by Luigi Galvani uh, in 1771. It's called the Galvani effects in biology. It's the Galvanic effects are named after him, but it's also, he is known as the discoverer of bioelectricity. So I'll just throw that out there too. Have you ever done that in school? No. No. I have dissected a, gu- a pig, a guinea pig. Yeah. A guinea pig? Well, like a fetal pig. A fetal pig. Yeah. A fetal okay. Pig. I was going to yeah. say. I've, I've, I've dissected a fetal pig. Yeah. I've done that. I mashed that. I, I was terrible at it. I couldn't find anything. Oh, I was really good at it. Well, you're fantastic. You're the best. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I've done that. Um, I don't think I've ever dissected a frog. Never had the ET moment where the frogs would so yeah. come alive and jump all over yeah, the place. Yeah, never, never did that. So, but yeah, it was just a fetal pig. Yeah. So, did you notice in the pet cemetery the grave of Zero from Nightmare Before Christmas? No, Zero had a grave because yes. the whole time I'm thinking Sparky is Zero. No, no. So in this movie, as they're in the cemetery, there's a grave that's for Zero. Oh, nice, yes. nice. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. There you go. And th- for some, so of all the notes I go through, one of the notes I had here was this was the last horror film released by Disney since last year, or excuse me, 2019, Ready or Not. Like, this isn't a horror movie. Would you consider this a horror movie? It's a kid's movie. Yeah, it's a kid's horror movie. It's not, how is it a horror movie? I, 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 don't, I don't really, I get that it's a homage to the old black and white, obviously Frankenstein, but, you know, the old horror films, but I don't consider it a horror movie. It's got monsters. It's got I spooky guess. moments. It's... I mean, for like a four or five year old. Is this scarier than Monster House? That was another one we did a couple seasons ago. Mm, it's got more adult themes than Monster House, but no, I don't think it's scarier than Monster okay. House. I think Nightmare Before Christmas is also scarier than this. But I think that Disney probably well, asked Tim Burton to. Oogie Boogie scary. Oh, not just. I'm talking also the werewolf, uh, I guess. the deceased zombie people, the creature under the stairs. This doesn't have the, none of the monsters that get created in this movie are as creepy as anything was in Nightmare. And I almost wonder if Disney told Tim Burton, you can't go that creepy. You think? I think everything's so toned down for kids and so washed out that it's so wimpy now, everything. But if Tim Burton, if that really was a problem, I don't. I could see just Tim Burton doing it on his own or going to another studio. Why would he be beholden to Disney? Disney might still own Frank and Weenie as a whole. Oh, because they shot it in it. Yeah. So we talked about it briefly, but go ahead and talk about like the original. So the original in 1984 was Tim Burton's first live action feature. He's He got his start in animation, obviously. So he shoots this short for Disney and they're supposed to put it in front of Pinocchio, I believe. And he finishes the film. It's very similar to this film. Very similar. Without the monsters and stuff. It's just a really quick version of it. Disney watches it and goes, what is this? Who's this film for? I don't understand. <laughs> You've wasted our money. They fire Tim Burton and they, they figure out a place to put this short. It goes in front of a but, couple but of But also things. this has like Daniel Stern in it, Shelley Duvall. Oh, he like, gets some yeah, good names. Yeah. yeah. And the, the kid from Never Ending Story, but go ahead. Yep. Oh, that's where he's okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I know that kid. Yeah. And so Tim Burton gets fired from Disney. And it's not until the success of Edward Scissorhands and Batman and all that, that they bring him back for Nightmare Before Christmas and re-release Frank and Weenie on certain films and as a short attached to Nightmare Before Christmas. So he's got to have stuff. some leverage then on them saying like, now we're going to do it the way I wanted to do it. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. But Disney could also have been like, yeah, but can you please like hold the reins? This is kind of, I don't know. The monsters can't be this creepy. Here's the thing with Disney. They own so much now. They know they own every, they own Fox, they own all this content. They own all this content that is so anti Disney or not Disney. They have right. to pivot and, 
whether they create all like its own little substrate, like how they do with touchstone and stuff like they that. They could absolutely do yeah, that. Yeah. Make, make a Leica studio or something like that where they can do more adult kind of themes within kids movies, but that's not the Disney way. <laughs> and that's not what's going to sell dolls at, you know, Disney world when you're walking through the magic kingdom. But even in this movie, like Mr. Whiskers, the bat hybrid, Mr. Whiskers, that thing was scary. He's a little creepy, but yeah. he's, and he's, they, he gets impaled. He, I end. was shocked that Mr. Whiskers didn't make it. I was <laughs> waiting for Mr. Whiskers to hit in the head and turn back into the kitten. But he's in the short. <laughs> so the but short, the short the takes two, place back in time. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Because he's like, let's watch one of the old movies. We're talking about the short. Um, there's a two minute there's short. A two minute short where Victor is sitting with Frank and Weenie. Or Sparky, now all Frank and Weenie. He's out. always Sparky. He's always yeah, he's sparky, always Sparky. Yeah. But now he's Frank and Weenie out. He's the undead dog, and he's he's looking through his old tapes that they used to make together. He goes, which one do you want to watch now, Sparky? Oh, let's watch this one. And it cuts to the old shorts they used to make when he was still a regular uh, regular dog. Oh, okay. So Sparky okay. is still all regulared out. So that's why Mr. Kitten, okay. uh, Mr. Mittens can still right. be. You're right. You're right. Not, you're right. But I love I love Mr. Mittens. Every time he showed up, and it just has his eyes. Because it looks just like the girl. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, her, her prophetic poop. When when will you make a poop? When will you dream about me? <laughs> I started laughing. I thought that was a pretty funny moment. <laughs> Something big happens every time. Like the poop is an M and a V. At first I was like, all right, who who knows what kind of poop that is? And then it's clearly an M. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is when you first watched it or like to last night? This is the first time I've watched it. So you well, this is the first time you watched this movie. I told yeah, I've watched I've watched little bits and pieces when I was in the booth before. Oh wait a minute, I thought you watched this movie fully. Oh no, I've never. So you so you watched? I told you I didn't want to watch it because dog does. Oh, I have I have watched the short before a long time ago. I thought that you had watched it and it made you cry and you never wanted to revisit. I didn't know you were scared enough to watch this because it was you knew it was going to make you cry. I knew it was going to make me cry because I kind of cried when I was watching the scene where he died the second time. Oh well, then I I usually (laughs) so that you did so you enjoyed this movie. No, you didn't. It's ooh okay because I'm sorry because this is because now this podcast is taking a whole new turn. (laughs) I didn't. I thought you had seen this movie already. No. Okay. All right. So then I'm curious to know what you didn't like about it. Then I have the same problem Disney had with the original short. Who is this movie for? Mm. This movie is grim. It is glum. It is depressing. It, it is. It is got little tiny moments of uplifting parts, but it is also not funny. It's not fun. I'm watching this go, and I really enjoy the animation. And yes, the dog parts and the, and the child's love for his dog obviously get to me all the time and that's handled well but the rest of the movie is a mess and the other characters are not enjoyable and they're not funny i i I didn't find any attachment to anybody okay even victor i enjoyed his love for his dog but i wasn't even big on victor so the the movie itself if you ask me why it's forgotten it that's that's going to be my answer is this movie has uh, i i don't know who this movie is for it's not as kitschy and and fun as nightmare for christmas it's not as scary as nightmare before christmas it doesn't have musical notes as nightmare before christmas i i didn't find although the animation was great that the characters weren't as colorful as the nightmare characters so i didn't not like it but i also didn't understand why it existed (laughs) so like to honor a contract with tim burton exactly yeah i i just didn't get it it's almost like they were like tim you, you read this contract? We got one movie with you, buddy. You mm. got to give us another animated movie. You got that Frank Winnie short. Just work on that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm very, 
I have a lot of notes. There's stuff I like in the movie, but overall, I can't say I like the movie. Really? Yeah, you I just, just didn't like. You didn't enjoy watching it. I did. And that's the thing. I did enjoy watching it. I'm glad I watched it, even though it did make me cry two and a half times. But I still can't figure out who the movie was for. And it, so many notes of mine are like, this movie's really grim. But you, you, but you complain all the time about how kids' movies are watered, are you know watered down. Oh, and, absolutely. And there, there's no scary kids' movies out there before. I would argue that this is a scary kids' movie then. But you're saying that it's, it's not, not scary it's just, enough. It's just grim. It's just grim. Grim doesn't mean scary. Well, it just means well, you can't dictate what the movie's gonna be. If you want these type of films, you have to be okay with. If it doesn't, I'm okay with it. It's not, you know, but you're not, but you're not okay with it. It doesn't go enough one way or the other way. Yeah, it needs to be scarier, or it needs to be a little funnier, or it needs to be scarier and funnier. It it just really toes this middle line that just makes it kind of like, hmm. Like I should have laughed more or been like, oh, gross. Or I, I I don't know. Like in Nightmare, I do both. And I love Nightmare Before Christmas. But in this movie, I just watched it. What if there it. was music in this movie? Would you like it? They're singing. I, if they were singing, it would take away, I think, the, the musical world would take away from the emotion of, you know, Sparky's deaths and stuff like that. Interesting. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, give me the notes. I mean, that you, give me the notes <laughs> that you liked about it, because I, I like, again, I thought that you had seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought I didn't think that you were just afraid to watch it. No, yeah, I was just afraid to watch it. You baby, I don't watch movies where dog dance. <laughs> You've never seen Turner and Hooch. I've dog. seen Turner and Hooch. Okay. Well, my parents are like, watch your dog's life. Watch your dog or this other movie. And I was like, it's about a dog dying, though, right? Oh no, it's about a bunch of dogs dying. It's like, no, it's not watching more that. than one, baby. Yeah, it's like <laughs> what. I was like, no, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> uh, it's got some moments that are, I like the opening in the, like, for instance, I really like the first scene in the classroom where you see all the different kids and they're all kind of horror tropes. Yeah. You've got almost a come in kind of Frankenstein-esque imposing lurch figure yep. in one of the kids. You have Toshiaki. He's Who's not really a horror trope, but he does. Yeah. He reminds me of some of the characters from Isle of Dogs. Like, I like him. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, but he's almost like his his character is almost he is there so that he can have the Godzilla like monster. He can have Gamera. And come it's kind of yeah. like, eh, all right, I guess that's fine. But yeah, uh, then there's the weird girl. The weird girl. There's Elsa, who's obviously kind of a ripoff on Winona Ryder well, from Beetlejuice, but, but she's also a Van Helsing. Her. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, a Van Helsing. Yeah. Edgar's Igor, and they're all in the classroom together. And I thought that was really good, and they're all very depressed and they're all telling the same spooky stories about what happens, why there's so much lightning in the town. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really funny and well done. And I was like, they're all the gross Tim Burton characters. It's not like in most of his movies, you know, you get that one kind of depressing goth like character. And then the rest of the characters are all supposed to be light and happy. But in this town, it's all the kids are like that. Yeah. I thought that was really funny telling that scary story. But then it kind of goes off and now they're playing baseball and they're just bullies and they're not really, Who's bullies? The kids? Oh, all the kids right. are bullies. And so yeah. you, it's tough to like the kids after that because then you find out, well, they're all just bullies. No one's good. They're all just backstabbing bullies. They're not funny. Their personalities all go away into this kind of droll <clears throat> meanness of wanting to win the science fair. But they're all suddenly all yeah. into science. One of my notes is that the science fair was like hard, hard cutthroat. It was really hardcore. Like, just yeah. like I, will not, I will not lose. I'm like, when did the science fair become this big? Big. Uh, the other note I had about the science was, you know, Victor spends a lot of time and effort learning 
and building the device and learning about bioelectricity and, and, you know, cutting a hole in his parents' roof. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> and uh, doing this whole thing. Well, actually, I take it back. He's got a, there's a skylight. He cuts the roof in the short. It's like, he looks like he cut up. Right, the roof. Yeah. So he does this whole thing and he brings Sparky back to life and all, you know, throws out the uh, three uh, kites, almost the umbrellas. Yep. These other kids, all they do is throw a kite up in the air, attach the jumper cables and go like yeah. there's no science in what they're doing. There's no actual work involved. There's just boom, the lightning hits. Right. Whereas it's, Victor has a ton of devices to channel that lightning to do something. Right. At the end of the movie, it makes more sense when he wants to recharge or try to wake up uh, Sparky. Sparky again. Well, because he's already been. He's already been, been back, brought back yeah, to life. Yeah. Right, You're just right. recharging batteries that are already in him. Which I actually like. That's one of my favorite lines in the movie, in a lot of movies, is when his father tells him, when he's like, I thought you said we have to let it go. And his father's like, sometimes adults don't know what they're talking about. I have about. that line. I like that's that. That's a line great well. line. That is absolutely, it's absolutely truth. Absolutely. Yep. Some adults, sometimes adults have no idea what they're talking about. I also like that the parents, when they first see the reanimated Sparky, they don't, hate sparky it's they're little, just a little shocked but they're really just a little quick to accept it be like oh you reanimated him okay well i think the fact is that it's, it's, still, yeah. it's still sparky yeah which i think it works a little better than in the live action short where they've already seen sparky alive sparky's looking at their faces he's still happy and they like are afraid of him now yeah. it's like you already know that that's still your dog yeah where in this, the parents just have this initial shock and it does scare Sparky and kind of frightens him a little bit, yeah. but the parents are quick to look for Sparky again and not hate, not think he's scary. Right. But you're also trying to weave in the Frankenstein story within there. Obviously the villagers chasing him down with the fire. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. why, yeah, they think he kills. He's trying to tell them, Hey, Elsa's been kidnapped, lays yeah. down her hair and so they like he killed him. We're going to sue Bob the mayor now, right? Because he's incited a mob. He's burned down the windmill. Right. Oh, for so, sure. I mean, Absolutely. He, he's, he should lose office, right? That's going to happen, right? Absolutely. <laughs> he's, and he's just a total, total bad guy. He's not nice at all. <laughs> I mean, I love how the elementary school kids have no problem breaking and entering into the house. That would, that seems. Oh, yeah. They, they just they, go into the yeah. attic. <laughs> they're just looking around. Yeah. Well, they're all bad. They're all bad kids. <laughs> I will say, like I said, I don't think there's a lot of funny moments. I do love Colossus. I thought that was really funny. Well, why? Because he's the hamster? Because he's the hamster. Because I, like I said, I only remember bits and pieces from when I was seeing it in the booth. So I remember there's a big monster, but I didn't remember that it was a turtle. And I was like, oh, Colossus has got to be like his pet octopus or what is that? Mm. And then the little hamster, which I didn't, I was like, what, what is that thing coming out? <laughs> he's like, come Colossus. And then when he sends Colossus out to kill the Gamera, the <laughs> Shelly, the turtle. Yeah. Go, Colossus, kill, kill. <laughs> and he just immediately gets stomped on after growling like he's going to do it. I just thought that was really, really good. <laughs> I also like the sea monkeys as well. I had a ghoulies vibe with the sea monkeys when they yes. started coming out of the toilet. I don't know. For those who may, maybe are familiar with some 80s horror, ghoulies was, was after Critters because Critters was the first one. Maybe. I might be wrong there, but it was around the same time. Yeah. When ghoulies came out. Yeah. It was like a. Uh, no, I take it back. It was after Gremlins. So it was like a Gremlins almost rip off. Kind yeah. Of thing. They're yeah. more like a little more evil kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love when they come up, Bob's sitting in the toilet and then one of the sea monkeys comes out and just starts laughing. Yeah. And the effect of the sea monkeys on the phone booth were really good too, which is very much birds, obviously. Oh yeah. And Bob in the toilet was supposed to be Jurassic Park. So I, th I thought those were the, the homages in the movie are very well done. And I really right. like those. 
Well, the, the sea monkeys are scary. And almost the sea monkeys being the baddies would have been is was done well, but it could have been you didn't need almost you don't need Shelly. You know what I mean? Shelly's a little much, but Shelly's very much of that time. True. Whereas the true. sea monkeys are more eighties. So but I think you gotta have the Shelly be the main bad. When he reanimates the fish and the fish is invisible, then he goes back to the teacher, and the teacher's like, You also have to have it in your heart too. You that, have to love, yeah. I get that, but that still doesn't explain the fact that it's invisible and you know why why the different monsters are you know, I get why the bat and Mr. Whiskers became the hybrid because the bat was there. And right. The, yeah, like, the yeah. she was biting the bat. But it doesn't make sense why Shelly gets big. You know, why camp the hamster doesn't, like why Colossus doesn't get big. Yeah, Colossus or, just stays normal. Everything mm-hmm. else mutates. Yeah. But I think the difference maybe Colossus, and this is probably just me like nitpicking or finding something. Colossus clearly that kid really likes Colossus and kind of loves Colossus sure. still and is attached to it. Whereas all the other kids just obviously the sea monkeys have no attachment. Mm-hmm. And Shelly is just being used as a science project. There's no love there. Yeah. Whereas Colossus, there's still maybe a little bit of love. True. True. He's buried in that giant mausoleum. Okay. I spent a lot of money on them. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't a fan of Edgar's stupid face. I know he's supposed to be Igor. He's a little much. Yeah. He's just, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. I also didn't enjoy him being as almost like kind of the main bad guy. Well, he's like supposed to be, I know he's Igor, so you know he's linked with Victor in some way, but he's not really linked with Victor. He bribes himself into the exactly. house. Exactly. He's he not like, the, he doesn't Victor's play the sidekick. Loner. Yeah. He's just kind of a loner in the movie, but, it, you know, Edgar's supposed, you would think that Edgar would have been his best friend. Yeah. I mean, it goes to say, it goes to maybe Burton's feelings or even John August's feelings about all these kids and their friendships. And if there are really friends or growing up and you know, you really are alone, that kind of thing. You know, Victor yeah. never really, to your point, like Victor gets Sparky back and it's a happy ending, but like Victor's still lonely. Victor doesn't have any friends and he's fine with that. But I mean, is that the, is that a message you want to put in that movie? You know what I mean? Like, I think the message is also, you don't want to be forced to have friends. So you can't force something on somebody like the dad forces Victor to do baseball. I See, get, nobody's happy. No, I get that. But I would think that, at some point, he, I mean, it's Frankenstein. It's a kid's movie. I get it. You're trying to redo Frankenstein. But like at some point, you have to let your dog go. You have to let you have to be OK with your dog passing away and moving on. That is it doesn't. Yeah, it that's never, not the best lesson. It's not then, because then because you can't bring your dog. Right. Back. So, you know, and, but again, it's a kid's movie. But still. Right. I think that that kind of lesson and maybe a little bit more depth within the writing of that story. And I'm not pinning it on anybody in terms of writing. It could be just an exec saying like, hey, let's just do this. Right. But that maybe would give Frank and Winnie a little bit more more legs in terms of its reach beyond 2012. You know, it, it only made $81 million, but animated movies typically do make well, do do well. Yeah. Kids want to see them. And something, maybe the fact that it's black and white, that it's dour that maybe it didn't do well in the box office. I'm curious if it does well in home video release. Now that's on Disney plus, you can't really, you can't really verify that. You can only you know, measure that. Success. Yeah. yeah. How many people are subscribing to Disney plus because of Frank and Weenie? you know, like, <laughs> Oh, I can watch it. I, as many times as I, want. I know WandaVision's on there. I know they got the Marvel movies, but that Frank and Weenie put me over the top. Yeah. I had to do it. Of and all- I'm talking about the shorts <laughs> <laughs> of all the Disney movies. Yeah. So, uh, I, I it probably could have been a little bit more of a stronger story in there. I think it's 
a very positive message to have in there that you sometimes you just have to let your dog go. But I get why you don't because it's Frankenstein movie. But even in <laughs> Frankenstein, he died. So or Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Well, this movie's already died. glum. I mean, if if Sparky stayed dead, but Spark, Sparky dies the hero, it's not as glum. It's still pretty glum. <laughs> if Sparky died and didn't come back to this movie, and man. That'd be bad. That'd be tough. That'd be a rough well, movie. If if and how many kids are gonna want to watch that again and again alone, again? I, I know. I get it. Listen, <laughs> no one's gonna want to watch this movie that I'm about to pitch you. If Victor's a lonely kid and the dog passes away and he brings the dog back, but the dog tries to teach Victor that he doesn't need him. He needs to have friends, and the dog kind of like gets Victor to forget about him, and then the dog leaves and never comes back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was watching that, that but but that's a good lesson. I mean, I know that's a good lesson, yeah. but that's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's to say? Who are you? Are you Disney? Who do you think you are? I think I'm somebody who doesn't want to watch a movie where a dog right, well, dies, comes <laughs> back, and leaves his boy. <laughs> <laughs> who's sitting down and I sat an echo on, yes, this is what I want to watch. Well, it was us because we picked, we did this movie. So, yes. <laughs> I reluctantly did this movie. Oh, you're such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> It would be nice if maybe Sparky does, he gets jump started, but it takes a little while longer, like the next day or two days later, and he's hanging out with Elsa now. Like he's got, and then Sparky comes back. What if Sparky comes back, but he progressively becomes evil? Then it's Cujo, and we don't want <laughs> <laughs> pet cemetery. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying it would be interesting. It would be interesting. But that's a Stephen King novel now. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? (laughs) Stephen Disney presents Tim Burton and Stephen King's Frank and Wayne. So basically everything we're saying right now is probably why we think it's forgotten in terms of why people don't like it. I definitely think it's an acquired taste. I think certain I think older children will will probably like this more. Older adults who remember these movies would like it more. Young kids who are like eight, nine aren't aren't unless they are. Unless they like that type of those type of stuff, you know, this type of dark mm-hmm. would like this movie, but it's not like people who love the minions. Oh yeah. They're not liking people this. People who love Shrek. They're not racing out to see Frank and Winnie. And that's probably why it's partly forgotten because people don't revisit it. Well, it's the thing. Like I'm glad I watched this movie and I really, although I do think it's dour and I have issues with it. I do. I appreciate it. And I did enjoy that it was made and I liked that I saw it once. But yeah, I'm not going back to it. And even as a child, I loved Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know if I'd have liked this. And I would have appreciated the horror stuff. And I still don't know if I would have. Well, I think Nightmare Before really Christmas, back not to, to cut you off, but Nightmare Before Christmas has all of these memorable songs. And that's why it's it's not just about how it's it's a great idea. It's a great premise. Halloween Town. And they have all the different uh, holidays. And yes. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's a it's a. You know, it's a great idea, but I mean, I've always, cause here's the thing about Christmas town. Um, they have Christmas every day. So like, there's no other people that live in Halloween town, but, but Christmas, but regardless of that, um, <laughs> I, like do the people in Easter town celebrate Christmas ever Halloween ever. They don't know about the, unless the holidays have crossed over. That's what over, I'm talking about. Have. That's what I'm talking about. They don't cross over. Yeah. When they do madness happens. Yeah, it's, so. it's totally set up for more sequels that never happens. <laughs> but it's a great premise and but it has a lot of nice music and there's a lot of good songs in it. This right. movie doesn't have music. It's not it's not in color. It's in black and white. I think white. the black and white thing also hurts it. And the whole time you're looking at the sets and a lot of them are in color. And I'm thinking it would have been nice to see this movie in color. I, I would have liked to see the work they put into it. I know that in certain scenes they had to 
change like the flags red white and blue didn't i thought that good. was interesting too so it's gotta yeah. be black white and like a gold look better. yeah they were talking this is he butler's talking about the animation in terms of because it was shot black and white but the color they had to make colors that played as the colors if they were black and white so they had to pick a brown for the flags because brown in the black and white photography looked like red right it, which is which is very fascinating what i like oh well, they had a whole palette board but i was the whole time i'm thinking this had to be what people in the 20s and 30s, 10s, 20s and 30s were going through. And like, is that like lost to time now? No, I don't no think so. Booklet of- because they're because what they were shooting. Well, oh, maybe you're right. No, there's got to be some cinematographer who wrote down like this is what actually looks better if you know you're shooting black and white. Maybe. But like, is that lost to time now? Is that like a lost art form almost? Oh, I black and white photography. Yeah, exactly. Like, but we'll get this ready. Is well, be. This lighting for film is going to be a lost art form. Eventually, people aren't going to know how to light for film. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I, I, saw, I thought you meant like lighting on no, set. No, 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 yeah, lighting for film. Yeah, yeah. like there are going, there are uh, probably exist right now. There are people who are cinematographers that are coming up now that have only shot on digital and have no idea how to shoot. I'm telling you, oh, I don't, I don't know no, though I'm because like you, they have. No- when you and I were both in film school, we both started with the those crappy yeah. little eight millimeter things, of course, like the 1930s silent yeah, film cameras. We are we are old now. Yeah, but I'm saying they're still going to upgrade. They're going to still going to start with a film camera. It's just no. going to be a slightly more advanced. So I went to New York Film Academy. You think they will start with digital? I went right to New away? York Film Academy for two months. It's if here's the thing. It's it's not. A, I'm not going to say you shouldn't go. But it's a lot of money. And if you just watch movies and you study film theory on your own, you don't. And you know what how to perform shots. You don't need to go to any film school. But regardless of that, I went to New York Film Academy. We shot on 16 millimeter film. The film, I think I told you this, the film canisters are the cameras that they use in World War II. That's how old they were. That's, the, that's what right. I started with. Yeah. So I think maybe 10 years ago, I remember because you kind of get the updates. They yeah. went all digital. Oh, really? Now, maybe if you're actively looking for film and you want to shoot on film, Sure. But if you just show up to a film school or you show up to a school and you're like, oh, I want to be a cinematographer, they're all working digital. If not now, they will be in 20 years. I'm telling you, there's film is going to go right. away. It's See, too expensive to develop. It's too expensive to keep building. It is expensive. Nobody it's, wants it. It's, it's, It'll be a boutique expensive. thing. It'll be like Christopher Nolan when he's 80 years old in 2050 <laughs> or 2060. Be like, I wanted to shoot this on film and I wanted my sound mix to be ridiculous because I don't want you to understand what everything's going on. And, they, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's going to be. Yeah, now I'm kind of I don't, I'm it curious. Make, it doesn't bring me great joy to say this. I'm not. I'm right. just admitting that this is what it's going to be like. I almost wonder what Hofstra's doing now. Then that's where I went to film. So I find wonder, out. I wonder if they changed. You know, when you find out, you should tell them that. Hey, we have a podcast called Forgotten Cinema, and maybe you should tell other <laughs> people that are. <laughs> Does anyone remember me? Anyone? Anyone from 12 years ago? Who is that Anybody? guy? Hey, hey, Boomer. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, my kids, oh. <laughs> my fellow children? Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I, I threw me for a loop. I thought you had seen this movie. I'm sorry that it's through. No, I don't know no, how I threw just, you for I, a loop. Uh, you know, because I usually I usually approach the episode a little differently. With that in mind? Yeah. Right. I didn't even think about that. That's fine. This That's good, though. That's different. good. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. 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 Uh, so would you even recommend this movie to somebody? <laughs> so somebody has kids and they're looking for a movie. And they're like, oh, I, I want like an, I want a, a kids movie that's like well, the movies we used to watch, but we were growing up. You recommending this? You recommended Monster House? I'm probably recommending Monster House, Paranorman, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Maybe if they really liked Nightmare Online. Before Christmas and Paranorman, maybe then. Yeah. I don't think kids that like Monster House would necessarily like this though. 
I the animation is a little different. And the, the, we and we talk about this in our Monster House episode. The animation of Monster House is completely dated. It's oh, it's rough. Yeah, but for when it was coming out, it was oh my god, this looks good. But it is tough to look at now. Yeah. Well, that's also another. It's CG. No, I got you. So yeah, but at claymation kind of good claymation lasts forever. Yes, agreed. Yeah, good claymation. Which which yeah. this is? Which yeah. is, is very. Ah, see, I would tell people to watch this movie because I think it's well done. It's it looks good. Well, I'm saying, would you tell somebody to? You asked, would you have your kids? Would you tell somebody to have their kids watch this? Uh, I'd I'd have them watch it. I think Penelope, she's watched it. Obviously, well, I I'm wondering it. if I think Dexter would like it. He's watched Nightmare Before Christmas. He likes Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, when I when I was five or six, I was obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas. So yeah, so I mean, I think he would watch this. I, I mean, I thought he would be scared of that. So no, I think he would. He check it. He knew I told him we were doing this movie, so I know he knows of it. So I'm okay. wondering if he'll ever watch it. But I'm not gonna. They watch it on their own. They don't even freaking ask me why. Hey, watch this now. They're just on their iPads watching movies. That's sad. Like, yeah, I know. Makes me. Mm. He's going to find Star Wars without you, man. He's going to find Indiana Jones I've had it you. on. I've had it on. <laughs> See, the problem with Star Wars is I've had it on down here. It gets boring for them. You know what I mean? It That's just crazy gets crazy to me. Why? It, they're talking. They don't want the talking. They want all the action. Yeah. And Star Wars has a lot of talking. Did you put episode one on for him? No, I did not put it. What's those pod one. racers going across because he's listen, so into cars? I'm going to tell you right That's now. That's how you do I'm it. Not a, I'm not exposing my children to Star Wars the incorrect way. They will be exposed to it. Four, five, six. One, two, three, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> That's how they will be exposed to it. But you need those vehicles for him to be. I don't, I don't give a crap. It's not happening. All right. It's not happening. <laughs> how about Indiana Jones? Well, it would be this Raiders and yeah. Yeah. Well, how else would I do it? I'm saying get him started. Yeah. Uh, listen, you're, you're wasting yeah, okay, time. So you, you are wasting okay, time. He here. is what? He is. He's going to be nine. And so, you want me to introduce him to Temple of Doom, horse being ripped out of chest when he's 10? Dude. See, my parents didn't let me watch Temple of Doom till later, but I watched See? Raiders. But Raiders and Last Crusade I watched growing up all the time uh, from when I was like we'll four. See. We'll see. I mean, I, if, I, if they're on right, and they come down, I'm not going to shut them off, you know, so, but they they, they're, they never come down. They never they never visit their father. <laughs> <laughs> must force them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. You can also find us at ForgottenEntertainment.com as we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also clearly find us wherever you listen to podcasts because you're listening to us right now. Please like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can also find us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema or Forgotten Cinema Pod. Uh, we post every weekday and we post fun little commercials every Thursday. We think they're fun because they are fun. Uh, <laughs> and we also take suggestions. We might not get to them right away. It might take a while, but if you want to email us or even communicate, let us know what you think about the movie. You can send us an email at Forgotten Cinema Podcast at gmail.com or just no, comment on our social media. It's Forgotten Cinema Pod at gmail.com. You can email us at Forgotten Cinema Pod at gmail.com or just simply comment on one of our posts and let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, we do this because we love movies. So we love talking about movies clearly. So join in on the fun. I thought we did this because we're super rich. We want to be super. Oh, rich. okay. We okay. want to be super. So rich. as I said in the beginning, this is episode number ninety-nine, which means next week <gasps> is our one hundredth episode. Ooh. And I don't know how we got into this movie for our one hundredth episode. We're going to be going only a few years. Uh, Twenty sixteen, we're doing Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. I remember when we watched this movie and we watched the screening. We did, and, and you didn't want to watch I it. I didn't want to watch it because I wasn't. I was just like, eh, I wasn't. A, I'm not a huge Andy Samberg guy. Yeah, I like him, but I think that I just don't think he's. I don't know. I, I maybe because I grew up with you know other people, right? You know what I mean. Just kind of like I'm older, but this movie is very funny. I, I we couldn't stop laughing. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, we ended up on this movie because we didn't realize it was the 100th movie. <laughs> well, that's fine. Who yeah, cares? It just yeah, happens. It doesn't matter. But so. at least it's a fun one. Yeah, no. And uh, yeah, see, that's the thing with comedies. All we do is then we just do lines. So we're going to laugh for 100th episode. You got a problem with laughing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be MacGruber all over again. But <laughs> Oh, I love MacGruber. Love MacGruber. Okay, so that's next week. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Mr. Mittens had to dream about you again. <laughs> you imagine pooping out a bee? <laughs>